Black is beautiful. Black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of Black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the Black community to supporting HBCU students and uplifting Black entrepreneurs. Shop Black-owned or founded brands at Target from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself, enjoy, and amplify your Black love with the help of the Black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash BlackBeyondMeasure to learn more. Hi, I'm Cody Elaine Oliver. I created the popular Black Love docuseries with my husband after seeing the lack of Black people in media and entertainment in happy, loving relationships. We were actually being told there was a Black marriage crisis. So I asked Black people who were married what it takes to make their marriage work. And after more than 200 interviews, I've heard it all. So buckle up and enjoy getting the full story directly from the couples themselves. This is Black Love, The Interviews. So our, I was doing a show called Between Brothers and our executive producers came to me and they said, hey, we're casting someone uh, opposite you. Um, who do you think would be good in that role? And I gave them a, a short lift, list of actresses that I thought would be good. And at the top of the list was Sally. And I said, I don't think you guys are going to be able to get her because she's doing a lot of movies and all of that. And the next day we came in, they said, we got her. And I was like, all right. And I went upstairs and uh, I threw on what my grandmother calls some smell good. And then I came downstairs and I was like, work and let's go to work. And I do, I actually do remember the first time I saw him, even though I don't think I was thinking about dating him, but I do remember he was coming down the steps and we had to rehearse the scene. So I was sitting in the bed because we had to do this bed scene. So I was sitting in the bed and I saw him coming down the steps and he's, uh, it's still the same person. He's dancing. He's just all like um, full of energy. energy. Yes. And um, but then during that, while we were doing the show, we never I think we were both seeing other people. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was funny and nice, but I didn't you know, while I'm working with you. I'm not even thinking about that. It is what it is until we wrapped after that. He called me. Somehow, no, I think I called you. He had hurt his finger or something. I heard he hurt his finger. I said, hey, are you okay? He said, yeah. I said, oh, I'm going out with my cousin. You want to come with us? And he's like, yeah. And he comes to the house. As soon as he comes to into the house to pick me and my cousin up, we as we're walking out the door to go to the place, I looked at my cousin. I said, oh, he's cute. I like had never really paid attention. Went to this club from then on. We were dating. Yeah, that was that was interesting. There was a, a, a she said at one point, she said, I think I said, I'm not going to be able to spend too much time with you. And I said, why not? She was like, because I'm going to wind up liking you. And I was like, girl, go ahead. And she turned around and locked the door. And I was like, yes. <laughs> so that's how we met. <laughs> well, I was 29. I know mm-hmm. because I had my uh, 30th birthday party with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And he was 20. 728 because he kind of you know we kind of overlap but he is younger than me um (laughs) i think we had to shake like i said we were both in other relationships it took us a little second to get into you know get out of that stuff yeah and which uh, both we kind of we knew yeah those were not the spaces that we were gonna in fact when we first met that's what i'm talking about i'm like i don't even need to be in this you know because i'm talking to him like a friend Mm -hmm. that's the con job um and uh And anyway, so I think, I mean, I knew pretty, I think I was the first one who said, um, you gonna marry me. She did say that. I said, you gonna marry me or I'm gonna marry you. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. And she was the first one to say, I I love you. Yeah. And I was like, um, wait, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah. That was very interesting. So, yeah, we were at dinner. I remember where I remember the restaurant too. It was this Mexican restaurant. I do remember that. Yep. Uh, I don't remember how, eh, three to six months, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. That's... What made you say it? I just was in love. I don't know. What, what do you do when you're just so in love? I'm like, I love you. And I, I think I said, you don't have to say nothing. 
And I don't know if he did. I don't even remember if he did. But I was just like, you don't have to say nothing. I just want you to know how I feel. And I had told his friend, uh, Richard Lawson, who's uh, married to uh, Tina Knowles. And, uh, or is it Tina Lawson now? Anyway, it is, is it Tina, Tina Lawson, Lawson now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I had told him, I said, I'm going to marry your friend. And he, and I think he called him and go, ooh, you in trouble. She said she going to marry you. <laughs> he did. Yeah, that was very true. I've always wanted to be married. Me too. I mean, and listen, you 29, 30, you want to get married. Get it together. If, if you want, if you're someone who wants to have kids and be married, especially as a woman, I'm feeling like time is, you know, uh, ticking. So uh, definitely, I've always wanted to be married. And I'm not a uh, person who wants to date a whole bunch of people at the same time. That's not my thing. So I'm, and, and he just was really treated me better than anyone had ever treated me and made me laugh. And uh, it just seemed kind of perfect. And seen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because for men, the, the, the process is a bit different because you are, well, in my book, Male Versus Man, I talk about the difference between being a grown male and being a man. I think I was always more man than grown male, but I still had pockets of grown maleness. And that came from a space of being taught by males who are even elders. You know, like when an elder says, hey, check that out, check that out, check that out, as opposed to look at that woman or appreciate her for who she is they have become sort of inanimate objects that we use to serve ourselves. And so as a hunter, you learn the hunt. And when you're in your prime, what you want to do is you want to hunt. And no one ever tells you, hey, listen, God really built you to be communal and to be in partnership. And you have no idea why you're feeling so empty and why things don't feel good and it's because you were designed to be in partnership that's why the bible says help mate so you were actually designed to have a helpmate. so at our best my wife needs me and i need her because we were built to be this way but if no one ever tells you that then you just walk around as a male hunting. running around hunting and they <laughs> And you're tired and you don't know why you're right. tired. And even I can't tell you how many times where I was hunting and finished the hunt and said to myself, why did I do that? It never felt good. We definitely had it to go through right. our ups and downs yeah. and, you know, to find our true commitment with each other. You know, I when, when she said that, it really... It obviously resonated with me because I I really did want that. But we really do live in a society where a male is not supposed to do that. That's the last thing that you do because you've given up on hunting, right? As opposed to being allowed to be with the woman that you're supposed to be with and just hunt here in the confines of your house, right? In the safety of your house, in the covering of your house but no one ever teaches you that. And people aren't supportive of, I mean, we in LA. Right. People are not supportive of that. And you are tempted everywhere you go, both of us, you know, and, and being in this business, you're gonna be tempted by more beautiful women, guys, money, you know, there's just so many temptations. But I think that the two of us come from New York, Chicago, we're very, I think I th we think of ourselves as kind of normal people and our life now is very normal compared to a lot of our counterparts. Uh, so I think that we in the end knew what we really yeah. wanted Yeah, and I, I think do. in this industry, you are encouraged to be selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, the life of an actor, the life of an entertainer is really a selfish one. And so this is about as selfless as it gets, mm -hmm. right? So if you're in a culture where it breeds and fosters being selfish, where do you get to a space of being selfless and 
dedicate your life to service because that's what marriage is about. And the so. kids, honestly, I think they help ground you. If you don't have kids, you can. we could still be going around being very selfish. Mm-hmm. Once you have children, you have to think about things uh, differently. And I think it's the one thing that's made our whole life whole. I've always wanted to have uh, a family. I've always wanted to have a wife. When I was a kid... When did you know you wanted... You're going to wait. When did you know you wanted to marry me? That's what she's asking you. I'm just just telling you. When you were as pushy as you are right now. (laughs) No, I'm serious. That's uh, what she's asking. I I think I understood that. But there there was a way... This is this is marriage he, too. He goes the long way. She don't want to know about you always wanted to when you were five. She mm-hmm. wants to know. Maybe okay. maybe maybe the the people at home are gonna learn from the long. I version. know, but she wanted to know this short version. I despite who she is, <laughs> <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I gotta tell you. There's now there's no now there's no short now there's no short version now there's no short version. Was there a moment? There, there were just moments. There never is a moment. Everybody's always looking for the. Was there one moment? And there's the truth of the matter is like life. There is no one moment. They're just a series of moments that get put into your bag that allow you to say, Hey, you know what? I think this is gonna this is gonna work out. And for me, she always felt like home. She felt like a homegirl. I'm from New York. She's from Chicago. She always, it, it always felt like home. She's beautiful. She could cook. She could cook. I was like, that's going to work. That's going to work. Um, and then we just had easy communication. It never felt forced, um, despite what you just witnessed. It, <laughs> it was just one of those things that just, you know, felt right. And I was like, hey, this is, and above and beyond that, this is my friend. And we played golf together, you know, we could work out together. We did a bunch of things together. It just felt easy. Was marriage easy and fun and all those things you just described from the get-go? At first it is because it's it's like anything is fresh, it's new, yeah. right? So anything that's fresh and new is good. But then when the honeymoon wears off and then you get to the day-to-day of what marriage is, it's extremely difficult, particularly when no one ever teaches you how to do this, right? For me, my father was not an active part of my life. My father was in and out of jail most of my life, right? So I never had a father that served as a model that I could mirror. So for me, I struggled with a number of different areas because I never had somebody say, son, this is how you're supposed to do this. And I think when I got to a space where I knew that I had to grow in my own manhood and I had to elevate my own manhood, I think that's when our marriage got better. When I said that I am the problem, but I am the solution. Because if I fix me as the problem, I become the solution. And I think that marriage is a great thing when both people say to themselves, I am both the problem and the solution. Like, what were those early challenges that many of us go through, but... Well, I mean, we definitely, in dating, we broke up for a year. And then when we got back together, that's when, within that year, we got, uh, we, we decided to get married. And then when we were married, after my daughter, we broke up for about a year and separated. We didn't get divorced or anything, but separated mm-hmm. and lived in... And I think that that was still a part of what he's talking about. Um, I think that sometimes if, if just like he never saw a real marriage, my parents were divorced, you're kind of playing at marriage and you're both doing things that you think this is what a wife does, this is how a guy, this is how a man is supposed to act, but that's not necessarily real life. And I think that when we got back together, I've learned to compromise my, you know, I have a strong mother and that's who I am. I'm very, uh, Dondre says I have a lot of male tendencies of how um, how I run my life and see things. I'm gonna do it on my own, I don't need you. And I have to 
be softer and be and be and let him be the man. And I think that because he didn't have a like a real dad model, you think you're supposed to be telling me what to do. I hope I'm not, you know, completely out, you know, speaking uh, wrongly for you. But and I can't be controlled, you know, because of how I'm raised. You can't just tell me what to do. I have to want to do that or so we were pushing against each other a lot. So I think we really figured out a way to compromise and be the strong people that we are without having to control each other. Yes, yeah, interesting. I think that to that point, I think um, the way I people uh, often ask me is uh, who's the leader of your house? And I say I am. And I don't say that because I tell people what to do because that doesn't work, right? <laughs> Sorry. I leave in the camlet. <laughs> I leave my house because I am the model that I want my house to mirror. And I lead by example first. So it's sort of like, you know, if you've ever been invited to a a, a pool party, when you go to the pool party, no one's ever in the pool until somebody gets in the pool. And then people follow. So for me, whenever I want my house to do something, I do it first. And then I just continue to do that. And eventually, if I do it the way I'm supposed to do it, I will do it in a way that's attractive enough for the rest of the house to 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 follow that lead. That is how I lead the house. And there's times when we don't agree on certain things. Usually I, I do kind of go fine. You know, know your dad said. But then, you know, there's also times when I'm like, no, this is what I want. I really needed to be like this. And he's okay with that. I think we find a way to, to work it. People, compromise has become a dirty word. Yeah. And because somehow people think that when you compromise in marriage, you're compromising yourself. Well, two things to that. Number one, those aren't the same thing. And number two, if you don't want to compromise, then you should stay single. Yeah. Because there's no way that you, if one person is constantly happy, one person is constantly unhappy. So you should have an appropriate amount of unhappiness <laughs> or, un, or being uncomfortable. That's how you know that you're doing marriage well. If we're just kind of medium happy. If just, every once in a while, you're like, wow, I'm really happy with that. And then every once in a while, I'm not very happy with that. <laughs> because that's the balance. That's the dance. That's the dance. There's no way. There's no way. If you're doing that, then you you are not a, a spouse. You are a sponsor. Right? So you become the sponsor where you're paying for everything and you tell this person who you wed what they're going to do. And that lasts for a few years until that person gets to a point where they're done being the sponsee and then they leave. Well, let me just say this. Most people change partners because they don't want to change themselves, right? If I keep changing my partner, I can remain the same, mm. right? So if you get in partnership with someone and you begin to figure out what the deficiencies are, both within self, when that person figures out what their deficiency is and what the deficiencies are for that relationship, people have to change in order to facilitate the growth of that relationship, Right. So when I figured out that I needed to change, that's when this portion of the relationship got better. And I left her changing to her because I can't tell her what to change. She has to be able to recognize that. And I say, well, this is the part that doesn't feel right for me within the confines of our relationship. She's got to figure that out. And she has to grow that portion of herself. But, but here's the secret. If you keep jumping around you are going to experience the exact yeah. same thing with somebody else. What you should do is recognize that, hey, I am the problem, but I am the solution and get to fixing yourself and because I think that's we, how you fix your relationship. We knew that that would happen. And I also go, went into marriage knowing, not ever thinking this is going to be easy and fun. I knew if we're going to stay together, it's going to be hard. And I don't know who it was who told me this, but they're like, listen, this is going to be about a year. You ain't going to like each other. Your mom. Was it my mother? Yeah. Okay. But I think she's right. There's times when you're not going to like me and I'm going to like you. 
There's going to be, you know, where it goes on and off. And then maybe there's going to be a good few years where we both like each other. And then maybe one that next year, you don't like me. And then, but we have to be. (laughs) Every time I hear you say this, it sounds so Listen, A whole year where you don't like me? A whole year. That is horrible. Not hate you, but you may irritate me a bit. Uh, for a year? A year. It could oh my happen. gosh, that's hard. I'm not saying that it's happening. That's hard. Listen, <laughs> at home, don't listen to that. Mom, I love you. I, but I think that's it's horrible. I think you get what I'm saying. It's a roller coaster. Oh, and oh, yeah. we're, we're supposed to commit to being together. Yes. No matter what. Yeah. And we have children. I think, you know, for me, the children have helped us because it's easy to quit if it's just the two of you. You know, we have children. Our children are happy and they have two good parents who love them. And I would never want to ruin or their lives. I mean, we all recover. We've all been through divorces, but they are well-adjusted kids. So for them to stay that way, we need to stay happy. And and then hopefully once they're gone, we still want to be together then. So you got to, you can't just do it. We have to be able to like each other to stay together. And and I think we're also I'm not a quitter. He's not a quitter and we're like, well, we just going to have to we going to have to figure this out. You know, what's really interesting about that is is that the greatest gift that cuz again, what you don't want to do is hide from the fact that you know, look, none of us are perfect. Here's why marriage is so difficult. Two people are constantly evolving. If you're constantly evolving, you're constantly changing, mm-hmm. right? What I figured out when we got back together, when we had our little sabbatical was, I got to redate my wife because she's grown, she's changed, I have too. So this actually is not the same person that I met when we first started dating, yeah. right? So I have to redate my wife. So I am constantly in a space of, trying to even when things are going well i'm trying to figure out how my wife is changing my wife has changed so much from the time that we started dating until now and so now if we're constantly changing then i am not in relationship with the same person so i gotta figure out who this is now and now get in relationship with that person and that's where most people get into trouble because they're like you changed well, yes, of course, yeah. I'm supposed to. I'm evolving. I can't remain the same. If I remain the same, I'm doing life wrong. And, and what I I realized that when I became more of who I really was, we could be, we could communicate better. Because when we first started dating, I just wanted him to be with me so much that I was willing to say yes to anything. I don't like when you do this. This is okay. 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 Uh, are you going to do that again? No. And like, so whatever I had to say to keep you around, but I'm now I'm not being me. And, but then he had to adjust to the person who was going, no, that's who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is the career I want. This is where, but then that makes me a liar. Then he'd be like, you lied, but I lied because I wanted to be with you. Like it became this, this circle of, well, uh, but I lied because I loved you, but, uh, but I thought I could not do that, but I can't, you know, it was just a whole thing. And now I just am who I am. Well, let me just say, well, let me just say this, that, that part can be true, but the part that's also true is in the way that you receive it now, because you said, well, you know what? I'm going to be more of myself now. So I receive that differently because you can actually still be the same person. But now because you're agreeing with yourself that you're going to be more of yourself. Now you hear that through a different filter. So it sounds different, but it's probably the same. But now in the process, you process it differently. That's why it sounds different. And I'm pretty much the same person. I mean, you know, I, we I mean, both when are. people see me, they like, you the same as you same always because, been. Uh, yep. But now, but I would curb who I was a little bit around him because I just wanted him to be there. So if you say you don't like some, I'm like, okay. You know, and, and not that, anyway, I sound weak. I ain't never been that weak, but that's just. No, you I, But were, I curb. No, you, yeah. yeah. 
And and that's a that's the thing. That, well, think about how that makes me sound. It makes me sound like a pimp. Like I was just telling you, like what to do. That makes me sound crazy. Like I was just telling. No, you. No, he wouldn't just tell. But I was just willing <laughs> to um, be more agreeable to things than uh, than I would be. And we had to learn. The other part of it was we had to learn how. Like I'm a man, and I am a I am a I am a man's man. And there are certain types of language where I feel like this is where much of our community struggles in this area. Because our sisters are being produced by strong women, their languaging towards men are what they were taught. Now, you're speaking warrior language to a warrior. So we had to get that figured out. Like, I am a Brooklyn dude. I am from the street. And my wife has a language that can activate me in a way where I have to really go, hey, okay, so this is trying to get you to go to 10 and you need to stay in control and be at two because that speech right there is, if you're speaking warrior language to a warrior, you're going to get war. And what a lot of our sisters have to understand is there has to be on both sides there has to be a conscious expression that is either going to as i say in my, in my book either give the relationship protein or kerosene protein builds the relationship uh kerosene burns it down so we had to really go and i had to say hey look when you speak to me like that like i'll give you an example i don't use foul language in the house anymore I used to when when we were first together. I don't speak that way at all now. Now, I had to allow my wife <laughs> to, and this is like, let me put it to you this way. Think of it like two people, when they first get together, they smoke cigarettes. What happens when somebody stops? Do you continue to smoke and blow smoke in their face, right? Which is what my wife kind of does, right? So I had to learn how to say, okay, Maybe she doesn't understand that that smoke activates me in a way, but I have to continue to lead even though she doesn't. And maybe we're, maybe we're really saying this for the first time on camera. My wife still speaks that way to me in the house. And it really, I don't say it at you. I'm not cursing you out. I, that's not what I'm no, talking I'm about. No, I'm just, I want to be clear. I'm not like. So look, so you're no. not smoking at me, but you're still smoking next to me knowing that I've stopped smoking. It, it, it's a little, you know, if I'm on the phone. Not even on the phone. Like talking to me and be like, <laughs> mother. And, so, and, it was, and I'm like. <sighs> so what, is the issue that you have stopped so it bothers you? Or is the issue that you just don't like it? No good. He, no. He has stopped cursing. Even though every once in a while I hear you when you're on your video games. Um, mm. I'm just saying it's the truth. Uh, and no. Yes. No. And, okay. Um, and I, you know, just part of my color and uh, talking to people, um, you know, I still curse. And, I'm, and as of now, uh, I'm not, that's just who I am. She and doesn't have, she's a camel cigarette. She has no filter. So, so, and here's what I've said. No, when you're in a, in a relationship and you're trying to build love, I have called and I speak about this in my book too. That is the language of pain. We have learned how to receive that. And because our families gave that to us, our parents even gave it to us. But think about this for a second. When you have a, 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 a baby in your hands, right? Newborn baby. Do you go, oh, you cute mother, look at you, you so-and-so. Why? Because you were like, that would violate this child, <laughs> right? How does that language not violate your relationship? Okay, but here's what I want to, I just want to understand. Yes. Is it just cursing in general or is if it, she says to you, it's the, cursing it's, in general. It's, he doesn't want me to curse. It's not. And we just going to have to have that bone of contention. Not, not, to, not to me. Do that to your friends do that to you do that on the outside that's that's street language and i don't want street language in my house now i in changing who i am the younger version of myself would have been like yo don't talk to me like that don't speak like that but i have had to let her struggle with that portion and keep saying to her 
that doesn't make me feel good. Now, watch this. Her being a woman, if she had said to me, don't do this, and that doesn't make me feel good, this is my joke. Most wives would make terrible husbands because they get to do whatever they want to do and how they want to do it, and they don't have to do much curb, right? As husbands, we have to. You know why? Because if we don't, nothing happens in the bedroom. But a wife doesn't have to do that. And it's still going to go down in the bedroom. Why? Because we just got to deal with that. So, I, and you know that that's true. That you're laughing because you know that that's true. Right? Tommy's shaking his, his head because he knows it's true. Right? Wives would make terrible husbands because we have to curb our behavior. My wife doesn't have to curb that behavior because in the end, I just got to put up with that. Now, if I did that to her, nothing would go down in the bedroom. That's marriage. Look how quiet it got. Why? <laughs> Truth. <laughs> and everybody that's at home right now, if they're being 100, they're like, that's true. But they're thinking, <laughs> if, if that's all you got to deal with, you okay. <laughs> no, the women are saying that. The guys are going, yep, that drives me crazy too. Whatever that thing is. And I know it sounds crazy, but I do try to curb myself. But part of me... I feel, not that it, it makes no sense to him, part of me and my uh, my personality and jokey-jokey and tar- talking to people sometimes involves cursing a little bit. And I feel like it's... Uh, um, not people, I, just, just in I, my presence. I know, but you're going to be in the presence of me and a group. So last, I, I'm just, Last I, night I'm we were saying, at a party and we were, weren't in each other's presence very much at all. What I'm saying is that in a groups, if I'm being me and telling a story, I don't feel like I have to squash who I am if I need to talk the way I want to, to tell a story or have fun or be me. And, um, That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about while we're at home and we're relating to each other. Am I? Am but I, you get, a, but you get a little sensitive if we're in a group, and I'm like, I'm not talking about the group. I'm talking about at home. Well, sometimes I'm trying to tell you the story. You, you, <laughs> the story. It's the best version of the story. And that's why. All right. Look, well, we'll get there. See that? We'll move on to the next subject. Marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Black is beautiful, black is love. It can be seen 365 days a year, 24-7, and Target is here for all of it. Black Beyond Measure is Target's year-round campaign that celebrates and elevates the spectrum of black love and success. From the multitude of commitments and investments in the black community to supporting HBCU students and uplifting black entrepreneurs. Shop black-owned or founded brands at Target from home decor and candles to beauty, wellness products, and so much more. Surround yourself, enjoy, and amplify your black love with the help of the black-owned and founded brands at Target every day. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. What has led you to some of the lessons that you're sharing with us now 20 years in? I think it's just time, trial, and error. Listen, you're going to make forgiveness. You're going to make mistakes. And it is important for each person to know that those mistakes are going to be made and that each person has to give each other grace and saying, hey, I, I, I know I didn't show up as my best and I know that I may have hurt you in this space, but I apologize for that. And my commitment is to make sure that I'm mindful of it and then try to do better. And, and I think- it's really important to communicate on that level, to, to have your partner know, hey, I'm, tr- I'm trying. And I think that people don't realize, listen, we've been together 21 years. Uh, you going to have to forgive each other for things, huge things. Yep. And things that you thought maybe when you were dating somebody, this and blah, blah, and I ain't going to da, da, da. Listen, mm-hmm. at this point, I, I know he, he got... I shouldn't even say at this point. I'm like at 20. After all this time, we were talking about a, a couple who I know exactly what you had been through a lot of uh, cheating and all this stuff. 
I said, well, at this point, if you did something, I don't know. I'm just, I may, I'm pot committed. Oh. We just gonna, I just gonna have to be mad at you for a long time and torture you as long as you didn't have another family. Right. Um, if you had a family with some kids, or right. this has you been got some another life. long-term, rela- you know, I, I don't know. You got a family you, in you Vegas. You spending my money on somebody, <laughs> but if something happened, I don't know. Not that's not a go get out of free, but I don't know. After all these years, we're going to have to figure it out. I, <laughs> I know that's oh, oh, Don't do any of that. It's so funny. I'm when she said it, I was, was like, like, what? what? <laughs> I was like... Does that mean I can't? I, I'm like, like no, you can't. But what am I going? I don't know. What am I going? Like, hey, kids, we gotta go. I, he he again, met some hoe and had a one night stand, <laughs> and now our whole life is blown Baby, up. Your uh, dad met a hoe, and now, and now, <laughs> what? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm saying, this ain't no go do that. But I don't want to lose him for anything, and I don't want to lose our life and our family. And I hope that we don't have to be in that situation. And I and and I would be very very surprised if that were to, like like if what? it happened right now in our right. relationship, I'd be like, really? What? Yeah. This is what we're doing. Yeah. And I'd be, and I'd be confused. She'd be confused because she knows my dedication right. to my to my family. Well, first, she knows my dedication as a disciple man to my manhood. Yeah, I would. And be, what that means, yeah. right? My dedication to my wife and to my kids, to our family, and what that is is. And I told her, I said, "Look, I know that I'm gonna bug you, chasing you, like, hey, it's it's that time, but that's a good thing." Yeah. Because if I stop bugging you, then that means something is happening outside of our home. I am not kidding you, and I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna be a hundred about it. There are times where I send a text message to my wife, and I'm like, because you know, my show shoots in Louisiana, I'm going back and forth from February to July, coming back and forth from Louisiana to California, and, I'm all over and the place. she's directing, and she's all over the place. There are times I send her a text message, and I'm like, hey, conjugal visit. What city, what hotel? Let's go. Let's get in it. Why? My job is to keep me out of the street. Your job is to help me stay out of the street. Period. And I forget because I'm a woman. I mean, I don't know how they're me. I Because I'm just working, working, working. And it's not the same as a woman. I, it, I'm just she, not. And she knows that it, that part's different. Yeah. And again, still warrior, still hunter, right? I gotta, and here's where, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give this because this is food for somebody. Here's where some marriages go wrong. The woman says to the man, the hunter, I don't want you to hunt anywhere else. The man basically in his languaging says, okay, so if I don't hunt anywhere else, (laughs) I get to hunt just on this reservation, right? She says, Yes, you can hunt all you want on this reservation. Man says, okay, you, you sure? She says, yes, 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 yes. So he locks it up. He gives up his license to hunt in, on any other reservation. And then he just has a license to just hunt on this reservation. And then she says, every time he comes to the gate to hunt, the gate says, no I'm, hunting. I'm tired. Closed, <laughs> right? And he's like, there he is. He's dressing his fatigues and he's got his weapon and he's ready. And every time he comes to the gate, the gate says, <laughs> no hunting. And he's like, what's going on here? That right there, I promise you, if you get people to really tell the truth, that's a big one right there. That's a big one right there. You better, sisters, y'all better give him some conjugal visits. That is real. <laughs> oh. That's black. That better be a part of black love right there. That's marriage. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm being hundred. Tommy? I love it. <laughs> Look, you got like you schedule everything else. And this is why our marriage is successful. Because I said to my wife a long time ago, I said, hey, we gotta work just as hard at our marriage as we do at our money. If you don't work as hard at your marriage as you do at your money, you're going to have a lot of money and no marriage. That's a true story right there. So there are times where we got to schedule it. We're like, babe, um, so uh, how tired are you? Wink. She's like, all right. I'm like, okay, I got one more day on this on this show. But I tomorrow do, night. I'm like, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I'm, tomorrow night, I'm, I'm done. Okay, I, I got or, you. Or, I'm going to handle that. All right, listen. 
I'm gonna do this real quick. Let's go. This is because I got I gotta go. This we got you, this is for you. We got ten minutes. This is just for you. This is just for you. I'm like I'm okay care. with that. Like, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Hunting reservation. Take the sign off the gate. Let's go. And hey, that that keeps a hey, twenty one years. I think that he is now. We are in a comfortable spot. What he's learned that helps me in our life, everyday life in the house, is that. If I ask him to do something for me, back when, when I used to, it, it's oh, it's so complicated to tell people, okay, so what I, I used to ask him to do something and he'd be like, uh, okay. And I'd be like, a few hours later, uh, can you do that? Yeah, I'm gonna do it for you. Okay. Come back next day. <sighs> Listen, can you just, I just, all I need you to do is that one thing for me. The thing he does now, I'll do two things. If I ask him to do something, he'll get up and do it right then. Guess what? Now I don't have to nag you. It's over. We don't have to argue. I'm not asking that much. I mean, if I'm home, I am very much a homemaker. He doesn't have to do, I'm going to do most of the stuff in the house. But when I ask you, I mean, not that he doesn't do anything, but. I was like, whoa. No, not, no, no. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the one straightening the pillows. and I'm, I'm, But that's I'm a, mostly because you control certain thing you you, um, you that's like to, that that's there's a thing. woman thing yeah. and i like yeah. things not in, because i'm sitting around not doing anything. no but i'm right. in order okay. and i'm gonna i run the household yes. that's fine you're never gonna do as much in the house mm -hmm. as me because mm -hmm. i don't know that's just who we're different people that's our different roles okay people can are traditional whatever anyway uh so that is what he will do i make a list honey by this date we have these people coming over. So in three days, I need these things done by that time. And I don't have to bug him about it. And he's gonna make sure that whatever I ask for gets done. That makes me very happy. And he, we're even at the point, I'll come. As he gets them done, I laugh. He will send me a picture of it done. The appointment's been made, a text that he made the call. Because I know that soothes confirmed. her anxiety. It I does, literally because have to, if yep. you, if I've asked you and I don't know you did it, now I have to, it seems like nagging if I have to go, hey, did you make the kid's dentist appointment? And then he'll go, yes, I did. I'm like, okay, well, I'm I just right. asking. I didn't know. Right. I asked you last week. You never told me that it was done. I don't know. So now he goes, he gets it done when I asked him to. And then he, uh, and then he'll, he'll go and it's done. And now I leave you alone and we don't have to argue about it. And that makes me very happy. And I think it's helped our relationship a lot. Definitely. Because I, I had to tell her, I was like, yo, the nagging, yo, I, I don't like being, first of all, my wife is a director for a reason. And I make this joke all the time that she owes her career as a director to me because <laughs> I've allowed her to, to direct me for 21 years. Right. So I say to her, I'm like, look, stop micro. I'm a man. I got this. I am a, I, I am a very capable man. When you give me something that you want me to do, attack, whatever, I got it. I'm not one of the kids. But I just need to know I'm like, done. don't micromanage me. Give me what the assignment is. And then after that, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Don't tell me how to do it. Don't tell me when to do it. I got it. What I want you to do is tell me when you want it done. Give me the list of what that is. And then I got it. What I do is... I send her evidence because I know every single time one of those things gets knocked down, that relieves her space of anxiety. So when did you learn that? I, again, that was, and that's why I'm writing this book. Because again, nobody taught me how to do that. I figured out what I think my, in the last, like, like it's really set in the last five years. Like really, like it, we're, we're elevated. Like yeah, down to like, I laugh and I look, I said, look, he does send me a picture. The dog's clean because <laughs> it's funny to me. I'm like, look at that. And but it, it makes me I'm like, uh, it just helps everything. It came from understanding what my wife needed that I wasn't giving her. And I said, I have to come up with a better system of figuring out how to, okay, so in my book, I talk about how males are generally people who look to be served, while men are people who generally look to be of service. And I said, what is it as a man 
that I'm not doing to serve my wife. Now, some of the things I'm like, I don't get it, but <laughs> I need information. that's what she needs. I need information. Let me figure out a way to give my wife what she needs. And that was how I came up with that system. So in writing this book, I feel like I have to give this to brothers so that they can understand how to better be of service. Cause that's what a man is. Uh, a man is only as valuable as his commitment to service, period. It isn't about performing in the bedroom. It's not about how many women you have. It's only about how committed you are to service. And for me, it's about serving my wife and serving my kids. And if my, if my home is settled, then I know I'm doing my job as a man. If it's not, if it's chaotic, then I know that I'm probably the problem, first and foremost. I, I remember trying to figure out where I was going wrong. And I will never forget this moment where I was in the, one of the few times that I was with my father, my biological father. We were in the car and he said to me, he said, I love your mother and I would do anything for her. And in the next breath, his window was down and he was catcalling out to a, another woman. While he didn't tell me specifically, the messaging that I got from that was, you can love one and lust after many. And that messed me up for a long while because, and that's why messaging is so important. We have a lot of grown males roaming the face of this earth because we don't have enough men producing men. We got a lot of grown males producing grown males. That's why we have gang violence. That's why we have gang. Every gangster that I've ever spoken to in my life, their mother, they talked about how much they loved their mother, how much they respected their mother, all of that, right? So obviously, in terms of raising a man, mom is not the secret sauce. She isn't. A woman cannot teach you how to be something she's not, which is why there are times when I have to take my son away from my wife because my wife is serving the role that she's supposed to serve in being the great nurturer, right? Then there are times where I have to take him out of the midst of his mom and to teach my son because his trajectory for his manhood is going to have to come from right here. So not having that, I had to really learn, wow, I am truly at a deficit because nobody really taught me, nobody served as the model that I could mirror. So in figuring out, wow, why is my wife at 10? Maybe that's probably because I'm not performing as a man. So she, in watching her reaction to my lack of performance in certain ways, informed what I needed to do in order for me to elevate my space of manhood. And that's what got me to the space that I'm in right now. I don't think we're too far off in no. our ideas about the kids. Um, I think we'll get, I think, because sometimes I will be harder and, than he is. And then a lot of time, you know, then he'll be harder. Um, I think that, like he says, sometimes he has to step in with my son because that's my little baby. And, and I think he talks a little harshly to the kids sometimes. And I want him to be a little more gentle. But then sometimes, you know, I'm sure I'm yelling at him just as hard. But uh, I, I think we... I think we generally think the same way about how to raise our kids. So it doesn't, it's not too many times. I mean, we, we had a little bump about, you know, our daughter, her age of, you know, of not dating <laughs> at 14. And me wanting to give her a little more leeway, and but him convincing me that he has the right idea. And I'm like, okay. And then, you know, and then with our son, sometimes I want to be a little more gentle with him. But on a whole, I think that that's the one thing that doesn't rip us apart. We're pretty on the same page about parenting. Yeah, my, my, my parenting comes from a space of knowing how, as a, as a child, I mean, you know, we came from an age where we got, honestly, we just, you know, you, you get beat over everything that you don't do. Yeah, we don't right. do any 
Right. We are the black family that does not beat our children. <laughs> we don't we do beat our kids. Our children. And it has worked out very well it's for us. It's worked out great. Kids. And, but they're and, afraid. Yeah. And and, and again, I, <laughs> with that said, I don't I don't judge I don't judge people who do because that's just not who I am. But in uh, my job is never to judge anyone, it's only to observe them so that I can better serve them. Right? Um, and my kids get we have we have great exchanges. So I don't have one style where I sit there and I'm constantly yelling. I don't do a whole lot of yelling, but there are times where I do raise my voice where I'm going, hey, you are not listening. Come here. Then there are times when I where I'm like this. Okay, listen to me. I need you to hear mm -hmm. what I'm saying. So it because when you are monotone, any person, but a child will tone you out because they get used to that volume and then they just go, oh, this is just gonna be more of what that was before. And so I purposely go from 10 to five, seven, three, because I don't want them to be able to, to, to tune that out. And we, we have discussions. I'm asking them a bunch of questions because I want them to be able to process. Why? Because we're not going to be there all the time. There are going to be times where your kids are going to be someplace else and you're nowhere around. Me constantly telling you what to do doesn't help you because it doesn't train you how to think your way through life. So our parenting skills are about, hey, navigate this, navigate this, yeah. right? So we have exchanges like that. And it's been, and again, I think it's an awesome thing because I think it teaches them that violence isn't the way to solve problems because that's what a, a beating is, is violence. And since we're talking about black love and we're talking to black folks, we can get real. Beatings came from a space where we got informed uh, by that from a slave master that beat our ancestors. And we took that style of correction and it was indoctrinated into our families that's just the truth that's well documented people can't even speak their way around it they try to but it's historical there is no way that I'm going to speak out against what slavery did to our people and then take one of those forms and then use that to build or raise my family that's just not going to happen. So what I wanted to do, because what the slave master did was they spoke to their children. They didn't beat their children. Look how their children turned out. So what I want to do is I want to do what is going to uh, be a nutrient to our kids to teach them how to use forms of communication in order to, to build themselves and in order to build others. And I think that that's why we, we parent the way we parent.